I am a sucker and I like to stand in line for 12 plus hours anytime a console comes out. And I understand you can pre-order. I just don't care. Good morning and welcome to Downloadable Coffee Dallas. I'm your host, Rebecca, and joining me today is... Shay. This podcast is where we recap the game events happening around the DFW area and beyond, as well as look back at the topics that took over the VGOCC last week. I was not here for two weeks. I took... Uh, I, and we'll get a little bit into it later, but I did take a, a bit of a two-week break, almost three weeks. Welcome back. Thank you. I miss everybody a lot. Uh, I'm so happy that... <laughs> there was a very small part of me when I was stepping away for a bit that was worried like the club would just kind of like crumble, like the podcast wouldn't go up and stuff like that. So I was like very, very terrified. But every single person in the club just kind of stepped up. Or well, anybody that like attends us physically and stuff, um, they all just stepped up and were running it without me. And that was honestly a huge breath of relief. And I'll get a little bit more into it. I, I kind of want to share some of my some of the experiences that have happened to me over the last two weeks or over the last couple of months. But before that, um, let's let's take a look at past events. So it is a slow. It is a slow. We we we've hit the holiday season, so everything's starting to slow down right now. Uh, so we're going to start hearing about games that are coming out. Which you know, which which ones on the horizon? Uh, Smash Brothers. Oh yeah. Yeah, Smash Brothers is on the horizon, a couple other titles that are on the horizon. So we're going to start hearing a lot about that. As far as industry news, this stuff tends to settle down unless there's like a huge uh, incident like with Rockstar (laughs) most recently. Um, So a look at what we did last week, uh, video game open beer club. That is our last Tuesday of every month. We hold a beer club for anybody that can't attend our regular meetings which are on Thursday and Fridays at 8 a.m. <laughs> and that one, I didn't walk out of it this time. You did not? <laughs> you did I not. did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was like towards the end and yeah. you weren't feeling well. Yeah, I, I didn't walk out. a crippling migraine. So yeah. <laughs> David was there. Uh, we, had a, a, we, had a, we had like one new people, a couple of regulars showed up. So it was great to see everybody. And that was like the one thing of all the groups that I could actually, of all our groups that I could actually mm-hmm. attend at the time. And we were going over Rockstar, and the producer was it a producer? It was it was someone on the on the managing team that was like, yeah, we spend a hundred hours a week. And oh. the conversation that spun out of there wasn't so much as like, is crunch time necessary in AAA titles? It was more like, should you reward a company for? Uh, for making that a norm. Yeah, for, for like making a norm, bragging it. about it, so to speak. Is there should we reward that? And a couple of the members were talking about how they did end up in like a moral dilemma. Like they really wanted to play the game. Yeah. But by buying the game, they felt that it would be supporting that that type of mentality and yeah. they didn't want to be a part of that. Some of them still went on to buy the game anyways, because it was more like, well. The second argument on that is like, one, yeah, we don't want to reward that. But two, we don't want to let those people's hard work go to waste. Yeah. Uh, so it was like a spiritual conflict. And there's no real good answer. Like, we didn't really have a good answer. We talked about possibly doing laws. A union came back up into this discussion again. A couple of other things that, that went along with it. And, and that's about it. It was mostly about Rockstar and Red Dead Redemption 2 and how pretty that game is. I've been watching my roommate play it. Have you, have you played it at all? I have, not, I have not played it at all. I'm, based on what other people have told me, it sounds like, like, like I would have a difficult time enjoying it. Just like, it, it sounds like it's gorgeous, mm-hmm. but like it's gone so far in the direction of realism that everything's very, very, very slow. Yeah. Uh, one of our Scott Mokes, who, by the way, I'm trying to get onto the show next week. Uh, Scott Mokes was saying, that has a whole lot of systems. And I didn't realize how many systems it had because I was watching, I've been watching my roommate go go play it. And <laughs> I'm just watching him try to like balance the the core and uh, the core mechanics of like the eating 
and then taking care of the horse, but then you even have the way of taking care of the gun. And I agree, that's a little too much. Like even for I, I stay well away from those kinds of games because yeah. I want to play for the fun. Yeah, I don't want to play and just worry about whether or not my guy is getting the right nutrition, or I'm going to have little tubby running around soon. <laughs> that's, that's not what I want to worry about. Yeah. And that looks to be about all we had. Uh, if there was any events that we missed, please let us know. I know. Ooh. Uh, no. No. Nobody attended that. Out of curiosity, do you do you do you have to like tinkle in in Red Dead like the like the Sims or anything like that? Okay. Do they go that far? I have no idea. Uh, I have no idea. It didn't look like that. Although I have seen like a couple of like game glitches recently that have started popping out. There's one where this guy walks up to a, a dead deer. And when he taps the deer, it explodes to like 50 dead deer popping out of the ground. Sweet. Things like that. Players falling through the world and such. So there's it's like a, a fever dream. <laughs> it's got a lot of there's a lot of stuff happening, and it's all really nice and cool. Uh, and uh, so far, everybody that I talk to has like great experiences with it. But for me, I, I've mentioned this. I, I mentioned this. I actually cannot see the character very well against the world sometimes. Like they fade too much um, into the background, okay. and then I have a hard time like keeping up. But I, I experienced the same problem with Horizon Zero Dawn. I'm almost done with that game, everybody, and I'll give you my hot take on this seven-year-old game. Do you like it more or less or the same as when you started? Man, I'm not in the right mindset to discuss it yet, Okay, but uh, I'm on the fence again. Alrighty, Uh, so that's that's what happened last week. Uh, Here's what's coming up. Upcoming events. Upcoming events. This Thursday, which is the seventh? No, the eighth. This Thursday, the eighth is the Game Dev Drink Up, which is at Victory Park, and that is the second Thursday of every month. Put it on your calendar. It's a great way to just meet some of the devs in the area. Uh, it's got a lot of students that do attend, but there are still way more indie devs and some AAA people that show up. It's just to have a good time. Don't bring a resume. Just come out, have a good time, get to know everybody, to learn about this, the, the state of the industry, I guess. Everybody's feelings on some of the hirings and let-goes that have been going on. Come out. It's a great time. It's always a great time. That starts at 8 p.m. Then on Friday, a bunch of short guys had Game Changers with Magic Leap Chief Game Wizard, Jeremy Ger- Jeremy Devine? Ooh. Uh, where, where right there. I? Game Wizard. Oh, Graham, Graham maybe? I Graham. think I've seen that spelling of Graham before. Divine. And that is at SMU Guildhall. It starts at 12.30 p.m. So it's in the afternoon. It's during lunchtime. Uh, and that is, that again is on Friday. I don't know too much about it. I didn't read the full event, but they're having having this guy come out to talk about AR and VR development on Magic Leap. Is Magic Leap VR? I might I have just made know. myself so, so, sound super dumb right now. I, I, Anyways. Honestly, I have no idea what Magic Leap is. <laughs> yeah. so we I, haven't gotten our coffee into failure. us. <laughs> we haven't gotten our coffee into us. Uh, but that, that event is happening on November close 9th. This morning. <laughs> <laughs> and then on November 12th, is Dallas Society of Play's last event of the year. Uh, towards the end of the year, they decide to spend more time with their families. So decide, like, we're... No, that's <laughs> what I meant. They're, they usually slow down because there's not a whole lot of things that can happen between now and then. A lot of people go into crunch time around this time because they've got to get the final touches on their games. And then holidays are happening. Right, yeah. So getting those last New Year resolution goals solved before the next run rolls around. Those sorts of things. So they have a local multiplayer... Hangout and Indie Game Expo at No Core Coworking, which starts at 7 p.m. It is potluck style, so everybody bring in uh, some dish to share. And that is at No Coworking on November 12th. That will be their last event. And I'm mentioning this event coming up. This isn't until March, but you kind of want to get ahead of it now because there's a, a whole bunch of ways you can get to go to go to this event for relatively on the cheap. And the event that I'm talking about is the Game Developer Conference. It's one of the biggest conferences for any professionals or any professional in the game industries or those looking to jump into the game industry. It's a great place to just start building, one, your network, but also your core knowledge base for the job that you want to do. 
And they have all sorts of tracks. I usually go to the Game Writers track. That was what I usually attended. Uh, but they have some for, like, indies only, some for sound designers, some that are... Uh, some that just talk about mechanics of the games that they've had. So this is also, like, postmortems that will happen, so on and so forth. Now, what's open right now is you can either submit a talk. That way you get a, you kind of get, like, a full ride to the conference. Not like they'll pay for your or where you're staying or anything like that, but they'll give you an all-access pass. Okay. Right? So you get an all-access pass, or you can sign up and try to join their volunteer group, which is almost always like a family. Anybody that goes in there, I've or anybody that joins their volunteer, I hear nothing but good things. It's sort of becomes like a family. As they wear a QuakeCon shirt. <laughs> so... That's a huge lot. And uh, one of the hostels that are nearby the Moscone Center, which is where they usually host it at, uh, that's got, that has the majority of like indie developers and small, small teams that stay in there. And there's like one that's further up the street from that too. Those are relatively cheap and those are kind of the great best ways of getting in there. If you can get a party of four, you can rent out one room. Each bed costs you about, uh, when I was doing it, it was like 145 for the week each bed um so it's not bad at all they have some rooms that have like and this i'm not sponsored to say this at all i just stayed there a lot and it made it much easier because again there's ways of going there that doesn't like fully eat into your your savings your life savings so to speak Uh, but those are a couple of things that are that you can do to try so if you have a talk that you think are really awesome that you think people would be really into submit it they might choose you uh, you can look at some of the other tracks that are going on there. There's student day as well, and that's usually like the last day of the conference. Um, so it's about a week. And check it out. I highly recommend it. And that's about all that we have coming up. Um, Did I miss something? I think somebody's turning 30. Who would be turning 30? One of the organizers, I'm pretty sure, is turning 30 this week. Oh, that's, man. That's I, kind of an event. I heard she's super pretty. <laughs> super super cool <laughs> and was on sabbatical for two weeks <laughs> I am turning 30 so by the time this podcast comes out I don't turn 30 until tomorrow on November 6th so by the time this podcast goes live I will be 30 so this will be really weird like she was 29 then and now she's yeah. 30 so. but go ahead and sing happy birthday anyway when you're listening yay happy birthday to me happy birthday to me yeah okay so <laughs> yes yeah, so there's a, and you just turned 32 I did just turn 32. Yeah, that was, what, a week or two ago? Yeah, like a week and a half, something. Uh, I don't know. Two weeks ago, yeah, because it was on Monday. That's right, two weeks. Welcome to our lives. This is us. I know. Getting older. Yeah, I'm going to say this before we fully go on into, like, our recap and stuff like that. I really missed missed everybody. Like, Mm -hmm. I didn't think, I didn't realize, like, how much I would miss everybody, but I really missed everybody. Um, Like, everybody here at the at the groups, anybody that I interact with online that's kind of involved with us. Uh, just, I missed you all a lot. I wish I could have done more while I was away, but kind of needed the break. Um, so, okay, let's go ahead and jump into our recap because we have a few things and then um, we'll go into our expansion topic, which is going to be um, a point of view from the other side of the table. Um, we'll get, I'll explain what that means later. Yeah. All right, so here we have, I didn't read this one. Uh, this week in the business does, do AAA games require crunch? That's a Kotaku article. Do AAA titles require crunch? Do you remember anything about that? Uh, honestly, well, because we've been talking about crunch for a few weeks now. Yeah. So, um, I don't honestly don't remember specifically what got rediscussed um just the back the back and forth of like um should we be making employees feel like they absolutely have to should we allow that kind of peer pressure to exist where it's like you're always on or like it's understandable i i guess uh, there there definitely is a time and a place for it right mm-hmm. and at least it's you know Ideally, in the video game industry, it's something you're passionate about. But 
so, year round is probably a problem, right? So one thing to note, like we we've mentioned it before, like you said, a lot of a lot of the th- different things that come out of it. But one thing to note is ultra cultural aspect. Uh, so I was reading an article that was that's called the always on culture, and th- what that means is. I am always attached to my work because I have my work phone on my, I have my work phone. Sometimes I'll give you a work phone or you'll have your email, your work email tied to your phone or um, somebody's texting you or there's a thousand communication channels you guys can load up onto your phone. And, And they call that kind of the always on culture. You're always attached or tethered to your job in some sort of way. And, and at some point in time here in the U.S., workaholic became something more to aspire to versus as something that was, but you shouldn't really, right? Uh, so here in the U.S., the workaholic culture has just been ch- changed to this always on and just yeah. kind of been hidden on just like how, how unhealthy it is. And being a business owner, <laughs> I'm definitely on the always on because mm-hmm. I've managed a whole bunch of different people here and there. Or I did, did. Um, I still have one person in Thailand. <laughs> Sorry, Taiwan. So if he has to, if he needs help with anything, I have to be there ready to go at one in the morning when it's his daytime kind of thing. Um, so they have that always on. But then you also look over at Japan and what's going on with Japan a lot is they're seeing like a decrease in their population. And a lot of that, they, the, like scientists and whatnot have like looked back on what led to it. And if you kind of go and look at the era of Japan and how they go from kind of just ha- how they move to this corporate culture, like you're, you're in love with the business, you're part of this business, you're going to, they, you're, uh, they, they expect you, they don't ask you to, it's just this ex- expectation that you will work longer hours because you are a part of that company. All right. And, and, that, that's a bit of a cultural thing that they had going on. Uh, I highly suggest just looking back at those kinds of, just looking back, because Japan's culture um, and history for their work and how they go about it is very, very interesting. And it also kind of opens opens the window or open, geez, opens the gaze, opens your mind, eye to tell you like what, what led to their situation. Um, so I see this kind of the same way when we're talking about these crunch times and whatnot. It's it's like seeing, and what we've been saying, it's like seeing people take advantage of people's passion. Right? Yeah. I really want to make a game. So in order for me to make this game, I've got to put in 100 hours. That's what I'm being told. Yeah. And if I really want to make this game, then I'm going to put in the 100 hours. Yeah. Right. So we see that as taking advantage of um, the always-on thing is what you guys said in your last thing was like, it shouldn't be, the company should not expect that of their workers. But some of that is along the same lines of, uh, it's the best way to explain it, of how much trust can I put into you? The people that I know that are pulling the longer hours that are going to be, that are involved in as much of the company as possible are the ones that are most likely going to receive my trust and be promoted quicker. Right, yeah. and those are some of the other things that get used in these crunch-like cultures. Um, there's a lot of quotes in here that talk about how, in this Kotaku article, that talk about how Rockstar is a great place to work with for, unless it's in crunch. Uh, our next one is Aris Tech researchers can now legally restore abandoned online game servers. This is super exciting, especially for anybody that's in the preservations of games. Yeah, like Stephen who comes sometimes. Yeah, Stephen who comes sometimes. He's doing he's doing a, a study on how to preserve games or how game companies preserve their, their code. <coughs> the thing that's interesting about this article isn't so much that they're allowed to uh, go and get it. It's what restrictions are in place from preventing the researchers from releasing the game again. It's... These are clearly for research purposes. Mm-hmm. This is to pr- preserve a part of history, right, which are what these games are. Um, and all of the maintenance goes back onto the research institutions and how they manage that. Uh, it, and if you have like special locks or anything that are a part of the game, then they do have to work with you or any of the research institu- institutions do do have to work with the companies that originally owned it, but it doesn't, this, these new, uh, not laws, but new incentives 
it's not even the right word either, that are in place for people to kind of let the, let the researchers go in and find it. Um, so this is really cool to see. Then we have, and that was, okay, so AV Club, their 35 greatest horror games oops, of all time. Eternal Darkness definitely got mentioned when we were discussing this stuff. Yep. Because, I mean, you have to mention Eternal Darkness. So starting at 34, we'll just or we'll just read a couple of them. Uh, or actually 35 is Five Nights at Freddy's. I don't know if you watched that one. <laughs> if you used to check I, that out at all. I haven't played a single one of those, but I've got a buddy at a, that's kind of become sort of a like younger brother at my church. Mm-hmm. Who, he he loves Five Nights at Freddy's, and there was like probably an eight month stint where that's like all he would talk about was Five Nights at Freddy's. What I awesome. what I love about Five Nights at Freddy's is actually the story behind it. Now I don't know if this is like the truth or not, but this is just some stuff that I've heard. Uh, the creator Scott Kaufman, I want to say. The creator, he originally was trying to do, like, these really cutesy, um, like, almost biblical titles. And they weren't as well-received. And people were starting to call them creepy. So he's like, I'll show you creepy. And then make Five Nights at Freddy's. Sweet. Now, I've watched them. I can't play horror games, but i watched them. And Five Nights at Freddy's, I started watching it more because I was interested in the lore. But after a while, it just became more... It just got convoluted and the way to start unlocking the lore pieces just became too much for me too much and I started watching more like uh, game theory and stuff like that to try and get an idea of what the story was because no way was I going to go play it I can't I can't stand those kinds of games I can't play those kinds of games um so uh, the story was gonna I liked where they were heading with it but then all of a sudden they got a little too into themselves (laughs) I feel like Like, they got caught up in the cultural phenomenon that they became and then tried to become more and more mysterious, but in the process just became more and more convoluted. Uh, Eternal Darkness is on here. That was at 33. Let's see. Friday the 13th. That was a game. It was released in 2017. The pictures, they have, like, a little screenshot here. It definitely does not look like (laughs) it was made for that. Doom from 1993. Let's see. Yeah, what a good game. What a good I'm game. just going to scroll. Fear. Uh, that's one I didn't get a chance to play either. That's where you, you uh, play as as a military force. And as you're going through this area, you guys start encountering like this little girl. And she's c- kind of crazy kind of thing. Autonomy. Did they have Evil Within? Resident Evil 2. I just, I'm just scrolling. I'm... Last of Us was a good game. I really enjoyed that one. It was. I still haven't finished it. I'm like halfway through. Alien Isolation. That came out, didn't that come out the same year as uh, Alien Command, like Gearbox? Alien Isolation was like what people said the game, they wish Gearbox game had been. Um, you play, you're, you play as a, as a, a lady and you're exploring the place. And there's a, uh, there's always like one or two aliens that you're trying to escape from. And it, and it was a lot more intense because there really was a hide and seek aspect to it. At least I saw that yeah, inside. I had a couple friends that were really into it, but at the time I was too busy to play any video games. It was... At the number one on this list, number one on this list is PT. 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 Which was from 2014. Now, PT, I don't know how much you know about it. It was uh, going to be with uh, one of the guys from Walking Dead. And a really, the guy who goes on to make Strand, Strand, Stranded? No. Uh, the way that the game plays is you're going down this hallway. Because it was only like a demo that was released before the creator of the game uh, ended up having issues with the developers and left. So PT was never actually fully made. It's just a demo, and now you can't even get it. So the people that have it, that's kind of it. You can watch Game Grumps play it. I believe Jacksepticeye Markiplier play it. Um, and there's a couple of other list players that have played it. And you play it, it's just, a, it's just one hallway, and you keep going down that hallway. And every time you do, there's something new or different that's in that hallway. 
and it gets crazier and crazier as it goes along. Uh, so this was this was kind of like um, showing off Death Stranded. That's what the game is called. Okay. Death Stranded. Like those guys got got on to uh, originally made PT and have gone on to make Death Stranded. I want to say if I'm wrong, please correct me. That's okay. And no one's perfect. Um, you can call in anytime. <laughs> so he. Anyways, they, it went on, and it was a huge hit, but uh, it was unfortunately not able to be made, but it still stays in that um, occult, <laughs> the occult awesomeness of games. Okay. Those are, those are some of them. 35, that's what it was called. Every time I hit back, it takes me all the way back to the wrong page. All right. Uh, then we have from Forbes, Nintendo Switch is running into a predictable Nintendo problem. And what they're saying in this article is unlike Xbox and Sony who can just kind of, whose gates are kind of open and can take on any title and therefore aren't like restricted to like exclusive titles, Nintendo, complete opposite problem. Uh, They don't see a lot of their units move unless there is a big title, first party title that is tied to that game. In the article they were saying because the Switch is much, attack is is more streamlined and lower than Sony, that they can't take on things like Fallout 4, uh, the new 76 game coming out. They can't take it on those games because it's too, there's too much in it. Okay. <laughs> this is where, where having a developer, Michael would be like, yeah, and it's because of these, this amount of software and yada, yada, yeah. yada. Um, but those, that's kind of what it was saying. And this is a very common problem with Nintendo. All of its systems have to rely on a very first-party title for them in order for it to move any units. And for and, and around the times that we see Nintendo move a lot of units is usually around the holidays. Around the holidays. That's also when you're seeing them launch big titles. When did Breath of the Wild come out? It was launch. Um, it... it. Yeah, it was available day one, whenever that was. Um, when did the Switch come out? Because I, I got okay, it. Okay, Google. Yeah, let's, we're going <laughs> to. When did the Switch come out? I was there opening night, but I was sleep deprived, so. You didn't hear me at all. I am a sucker, and I like to stand in line for 12 plus hours anytime a console comes out. And I understand you can pre-order. I just don't care. I like, like, I never <laughs> thought I was going to be one of those people that goes to, like, opening events um and you know you see the people like camping out at best buy and stuff and like for a lot of people the first thought is well that's 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 a little extreme but then i just sort of accidentally ended up in the line for the wii when the wii first released Mm -hmm. and it was like one of the most fun parties you know i'd ever been to it's just all people pretty cool people all interested in video games hanging out and walmart was bringing us out like free coffee and popcorn and stuff and (laughs) It was great, so I've gone to March third release since then. So. That's when it says March third. Yeah. <sighs> if you've never gone to a console release, give it a shot because it's a lot more fun than you might otherwise think. My roommates and my previous roommates, both of them would go to like the midnight releases of, of certain games they were really super into. Mm-hmm. Like uh, when Halo, the newer Halo, like Halo Five came out, they were both over at GameStop just having a fun time for like two hours before the game was finally released for the midnight for the midnight thing. Gotcha. I didn't realize that it would be such a thing. Like I'm used to it in movies, but I didn't know it would be such a thing in games until I, I lived with them. So Forbes article just kind of sums it all up into like Nintendo, they felt like Nintendo needs to do better about that. Uh, but how to go, how to be better is <laughs> kind of up in the air. I mean... It's still worth getting a Switch for Breath of the Wild. Honestly. Also, also, I heard that for this, the Smash Brother and the new Smash Brother games coming out, that the Piranha Plant got added to the roster. Um, yes. So, and they haven't fully explained, like, what to expect from that. There are people that are, because they, spoilers, if, if you haven't watched that last Smash Direct, um, they're, there are spoilers in and around what we are discussing now. Um, so one of the things they announced is that there are going to be, there's going to be paid DLC for the game. They're 
they're going to roll out five characters, um, each with a level and music over the next year after its release. Mm-hmm. Those are going to be, I think, five ninety nine each, or you can buy them all for like twenty five bucks. Um, and then after that, the last thing they kind of announced is that if you buy the game, they said now. I don't know if that means like buy it within its like first month of release or what. But basically, the sooner you buy the game, they are they have a limited release item they are adding, which is the piranha plant as a playable character. Um, and then people are speculating that maybe that's going to be one of the five DLC characters because they didn't announce who the five DLC characters are. So I don't know if it's the this is the only time you can possibly get that playable character and then nobody else can, can get it or what. I don't know. They were a little unclear. But, mm, okay. okay. But, but the character does look cool. I mean, it's classic Mario awesomeness. I am really excited about Smash. To be honest, I pre-ordered my copy last week. Uh, the next one up on on that list. Okay, back to back to the thing. Sounds really cool. I just know that a lot of people are still upset that Luigi's not in there. Yeah. Waluigi, Luigi is Waluigi is not. Which, by the way, that guy. We keep playing against him on Mario Party. <laughs> Keeps kicking our butt. Uh, we win it. We went We win it because we always play for the bonus stars, yeah. and that's how we win. But throughout the thing, he like he wrecks us. <laughs> the other thing they announced that ruffled some feathers is, uh, you know, in the, like the previous Smash games, they've got trophies that you can find randomly throughout the game and collect, and then you've got like a table that has your whole collection you can look at. Mm-hmm. They removed trophies from this one, and that's kind of. Oh, I heard. I heard another thing. I, I wish I'd read the article a little bit more. But people are upset that Kirby's the main character or that they confirmed that Kirby confirmed that Kirby is the main character of Smash Brothers. Do you know anything about that? Kind of. So so they showed like the the intro video, like the cinematic that I guess plays when you start up the game. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if if you haven't watched it, yeah, it's it's worth checking out. Um, again, spoilers all throughout this. But yeah, something happens that kind of uh, kills off like all the other characters they turn into spirits but Kirby's able to avoid it and mm-hmm. so then Kirby is the one that I guess starts kind of bringing them back to life sort of thing so that's the implication it's all from that video okay but okay. it's just like an opening cinematic so I don't know how the like game itself is going to play okay but. so stay tuned <laughs> I guess for more on Smash Brothers Alrighty, next up we have British website forced to pay 1.3 million over Red Dead Redemption 2 leak. This is on Kotaku as well. The the British website called Trusted Reviews pulled an article and apologized to the publishers Take Two Games and said they were donating 1 million pounds, 1.3 million to charity after publishing leaked information about Red Dead Redemption 2. In February of this year, uh, and that's that's pretty much the sums of it. Is they got their hands on some corporate documents and leaked that information in February. <laughs> Jerks. Their, their thing comes back with like the editor or, or the publication comes back as like we should have known it was bad to publish this, but we didn't because you know <laughs> journalistic journalistic truth and whatnot. Uh, so now they've they've pulled the t- article since made up um, apologized to developers and have since donated charity, and that's that's the sum of that one. Uh, but as to why or what led up to the events, nobody's really sure or clear on that. It's not clear whether trusted trusted reviews violated any British or American laws in obtaining the Rockstar document. Or if Take Two went after the website for publishing information that was leaked to either. So either way, nobody's really sure what led to that decision to take down the article. Only that it happened and that that it's a thing. Only that it happened. And then a glitch in Red Dead Redemption. This is on IGN.com. A glitch in Red Dead Redemption 2 is setting everybody's horses on fire. Sweet. That's the dream, right? (laughs) So everyone Riding is on a flaming steed. Oh gosh! Everyone is oh, chicken. Okay, 
When you were, how long have you lived in Texas? Uh, eight years. Okay. Uh, nine, almost almost a decade. Okay. So so no part of your like childhood? No. So when I was a kid, and AIM, A. Willens to Messenger for, for you kids out there, <laughs> was growing in popularity and everybody would like jump on and just chat with like random people you'd meet people like mm-hmm. playing online rpgs and stuff and just make friends across the world i got asked a lot if we all rode horses here like uh, where, where did you grow up <laughs> was that your perception of people in texas no no okay so i grew up a little bit of everywhere and i've heard it kind of kind of everything um when i lived in spain the question that got asked to me most often was did i have clean water where's there where's there electricity you know, and some of it was done, like, in those joking troll ways. Yeah. But a lot of it was just kind of like, no, some of them were serious. Like, a girl said to me once, oh, yeah, I love going overseas, you know, to, like, Canada. I don't know what overseas to you is, but Canada is not overseas. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's over Lake Michigan. <laughs> yeah, I, I got a lot of that. Um, I No, because my most of my relatives on my dad's side live in Texas or live in the south. Uh, we've visited a lot of Christmases here. And then uh, when we've lived, I've lived on Guam and I lived in Spain. And on Guam, there was questions like, uh, is it still, <laughs> like, is it civilized? Do they still have tribal people there? Those kinds of questions. The answer is yes, they do, but they don't live in huts, okay? <laughs> like, Wonderfully ignorant stuff. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Geography. There's a, You have the Alexandria Library in your pockets now. Come yeah. on, just... Okay, Google it and search the terms or something. Don't actually search. Stop. If you're wondering, no, we don't all ride horses, but, and I think I speak for all of Earth, we do a all flaming have- horse sounds awesome. <laughs> we do have like 10 gallon hats and stuff. I'm joking. I'm joking. We don't. Uh, but that, that was. <laughs> we all have lightsabers <laughs> so that's- and are space wizards. That is an interesting glitch, though, to yeah. set your horse. Like- I mean, as long as it doesn't hurt the horse, you know. If you're just riding around oh man the equestrian equivalent of ghost rider yeah. yeah so that clears that pretty much clears up everything that we talked about over these last this last week um so for no oh, i was going to mention the expansion topic and um so our expansion topic today is actually uh, more like an interview with me um just kind of talking about some of the experiences that i've had with uh, my business lately kind of relates to a lot of the talk that we've been having uh, around the area about um, laying people off, uh, um, stuff that happened with Tall Tales, Rocket, or Rocket, uh, Rockstar, those sorts of things. Um, I have a different view on it. You guys also, last week, not last week, that was the spooky cast, the week before last, uh, talked about... Um, about higher-ups and their expectations for people working longer hours. We talked a little bit about that earlier already. Um, So I kind of want to give some of my points, just kind of put it out there, Uh, some of the things that have happened to me recently, and uh, we'll go into that right after our shout-outs. So Rebecca's going to tell me what to ask her, (laughs) and then I'll probably ask her something else. So our shout-outs, of course, as always, thank you to Nerdvana for being so awesome and allowing us to continue to use our space here. Here, the podcast booth is pretty awesome. We have a lot of equipment, and we're trying to make our sound sound awesome. But there's always a little thing, like there's always a server in the corner just going all the time. Um, But they've been super awesome about, uh, about letting us go. And the people downstairs are always friendly and will help you find the drink you need or want. As they said to me the other day, my job is to make you good coffee. <laughs> and I 100% appreciate that. Yep. So thank you to Nirvana. Then thank you to Trey, who has been absolutely awesome. Thank you to... And congrats to Trey. Sounds oh, like yeah, yeah. He just got a, a job. Yeah, and he'll be living somewhere. He's back in Texas. And we'll be living somewhere between New Braunfels and Australia. <laughs> So I don't know why it's really Austin. <laughs> so I guess I matched if you, up. If you go far enough. <laughs> so congratulations to him. We're super excited. Yeah, we're super excited that he's he's found himself a nice job. And we're super excited about that. Uh, thank you to Anwar, who has been on top of it. 
He has been working very hard. He listens to the episodes and he's been coming up with some really creative titles for our podcast. So thank you so much to him. Uh, thank you, by the way, Daniel Michael for like s- stepping up and running the podcast without me. Like I said, I was very worried that this is just going to fall apart. But you guys were like, no, take a break. <laughs> Go enjoy yourself. We yeah. got this. And I listened to both of the episodes and I enjoyed them immensely. Sweet. Uh, last one, you guys talked about nothing but soundtracks yeah. <laughs> the entire time. Yeah. And I want you all to know that my like hour plus drive home, I did spend the entirety of it practicing cackles. So <laughs> so next year will be better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was it Michael trying to do like the Donald Duck? When oh was, my gosh. Yeah, His when I was younger. Was so good. When I was younger, I tried to like do a whole bunch of like voices. I wanted to be like one of those people that and Donald Duck was one of the voices that I was trying. It was like Yoda and Donald Duck. <laughs> I can do neither of them now. But I was I heard it and I was just cracking up. Uh and and you. And thank you to everybody at the club. Uh as I when I stepped away for a bit, I you know, Jose and I think Joel, somebody said Joel was stepping up. And kind of leading the group discussions, so it's always great. Normally, if nobody's leading it, then it just kind of flounders all over the place. But everybody really stepped up. Uh, thank you to everybody that, that came out on the Tuesday. It was super great to see you all. And uh, am I missing anybody else? I don't think so. No, <laughs> we're not. Nope. So thank you to all those people. Okay. Oh, man. So, what, what's your name? Oh, man. I'm kind of nervous about this. Um, and I'm, I'm nervous. So, here, here's here's the soft thing. Um, we'll, we'll go through this real quickly. Um, two weeks ago, I messaged our chat. Two, almost three weeks ago, I messaged our, our Facebook chat for our cast members to let everybody know that I was having a hard time, that my business was failing, that... I had just laid off over half my company and I wasn't sure. I was emotionally tired, emotionally exhausted, mentally and physically just drained um, because I I was in a death spiral. And I messaged you all. I told you guys I I couldn't shoot. I had to take a break from somewhere. I couldn't take everything off of my plate. I could only take a few things off. And I made a decision that the club would be the one spot, spot that I stepped away because there is a lot of stress that comes with running the group. Um, I try to make sure that I'm there for everybody, that that I show up at each of this, that there's somebody that's constantly available. Um, and that that's a lot of stress, and I, I take that on willingly. Yeah. Well, even when you enjoy something, when you're responsible for it, there's going to be some drain. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this was the one thing where I was like, you know, I want to trust in this group enough that I can step away, because one of my goals when I took over the group from David uh, and David still works. He's still a part of the group. He still organizes some things. So don't think like I took it all over. But when I when I did step up and I took over a lot of it, uh, I said the first thing I wanted to do was make sure that it had legs to stand on its own, yeah. right? Because the the downside about about everything being on one person is if that person leaves, the the stuff falls apart. Yeah. Um. So it was when when uh, Michael and and Daniel said take your break when the guys at the club, nobody knows this just yet. This is the first time that I'm revealing this to everybody. Um, When I said I was taking a break from the club, several people had messaged and said they'll take up. Um, And that was a huge relief. I can't express to everybody how, how much that meant to me that it did, that it has legs. Not everything is on me that I could take a moment. It was a huge breath of relief uh, because I had all this other stuff going on. So what happened? In April is kind of when you can, I, I tracked back as much as possible. And in April is actually when I started to have a whole lot of problems. I hired a whole bunch of people on. We expanded too quickly. So we got caught up in a lot of things that you see happen to indie group or indie companies that, that are starting to bring on staff or companies that are bringing on staff. They'll sometimes expand too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, second thing is our business model. How is it? Uh, we are a marketing company. Therefore, I have to have my salespeople out there hustling to continuously bring in, bring in work. Um, sometimes we'll have one-offs, like we'll create a, a um, what do you call them, uh, infographic, right? That's a, a little one-off. Sometimes we'll have a website come in. Um, but there's nothing that would be like super settling for us 
that that would carry us all the way through. We had three customers at the beginning of the year. We expanded up to about four or five customers. And so I brought in a lot of people to start helping. So my company went from having just four people at the beginning of this year by April to having almost 20 to 25. And it was super exciting. We were all super excited. We, we were making a lot of things. Uh, we had two businesses that brought in the bulk of our work and then of course I was still out there selling because I knew that if they walked away we still have to be able to survive Mm -hmm. and I had also budgeted out my company to be about anywhere between 10 to 15 thousand dollars to run right just an overhead cost alone and I knew that we were going to be bringing in a lot of contractors to do work for anybody that we don't have in-house talent for we bring in contractors and which is what we did with Joel I brought him in for character design for one of our customers um I tried to with you, but we were in a bad spot because uh, we wanted to have uh, a unique sound for the commercial, but mm. unfortunately, we didn't have the budget to do it. Um, so we we knew that this was going to happen, and I budgeted out, or I thought I budgeted out, to account for all these things. Right? And I was looking back at all of the game industries, like all the all the shutdown, uh, the companies that were shutting down, anybody that was laying off. You know, I was identifying project management issues and budget issues and people that weren't out there maintaining relationships, right? Which is yeah. one of the things we said that was a problem with um, Talltale. Uh, so in April, we start having problems, but we're okay because we had five customers and we had enough work for everybody, so it wasn't yeah. a big deal. Uh, things quickly started getting difficult um, to the customers. It's not, that, it's not that we did bad work. They started having issues with one of our partner company and decided to walk away from the collective as a whole. Uh, for the other one, they simply ran out of one way. They had no money anymore because um, we do a lot of work with startups and they had no money anymore. So they had to also kind of drift off onto their own. Uh, and these other ones that we'd had coming in were all one off. So they weren't going to be long term, but we were still gotcha. trying to yeah. find these long term. Um, so when Talltale started falling apart, uh, that was also around the time that my company started falling apart as well. Uh, so when we go back in, if you guys remember the episode I was talking about how uh, David and I got into it, uh, during that time, I was actually, when we were discussing it and I was saying that business has a hustle to it, Yeah, I was very much in that. Like, yeah. I dissected everything I could about my company and I identified all the broken spots on it and I tried to fix them. I did. I got salespeople, I hired somebody to manage the books and money. Uh, I, I found I was doing most of the project management, but everybody else was kind of pitching in here and there. And, and we thought we were going to be okay. Um, but as Talltale was starting to fall apart, I noticed that also with ours, my salespeople were not selling. Um, the account managers, me and one other person, they weren't managing their accounts. And slowly but surely, all these one-offs that we were having at one point just disappeared. And all of the money that I that we had were supposed to roll over and float us during the hard times, it was just slowly disappearing on us. We couldn't figure out why. So, and I and I tried. I tried really hard to figure out why. I made budgets. I <laughs> I went out there and sold on my own, so on and so forth. And I did a lot of work trying to save as much people as possible. Um, so fast forward to beginning of September, and that's when officially we could no longer sustain. And kind of like Talltale, where we were uh, hoping for these two contracts to yeah. lock in, they didn't. And the, uh, some of our customers were, that we also had, like we had a few others, it's a few one-offs, they didn't pay us. And I'd hound them for, for weeks trying to get the money that they never yeah. paid. Um, and there's other, th- other problems. Like we didn't have all of our contractors on, on uh, contracts um, that clearly stated some things which led to poor quality of work, which meant that I had to hire another person to fix the broken, gotcha. <laughs> to, to yeah. do a bunch of things. Um, so we got caught up in a lot of like first business issues and stuff like that. Um, uh and that's kind of what happened. And I was devastated. Yeah. I was very embarrassed. I was super ashamed because I was pointing out all these other com- companies and all these other projects 
in the game industry that were failing and and, and being like, ha ha, I'm not going to be you. It's yeah. not going to happen. And then slowly but surely, it did. And I remember saying to the person that I, one of the people that I let go, um, your guys' thing was, you guys said, a company, uh, the heads of the company should not expect their workers to be like they're to live and breathe the company in. Yeah. Right. And I agree with that. I, I, work-life balance is very important, especially when you're working with creatives. You have to maintain their burnout. And I worked very hard on those kinds of things. But there is an instance in where the people, and I mentioned this before, the person I'm going to trust most is a person that is a, as in, as passionate as I am to take the company to the next step. Yeah. Right. And those are the people that I look for. Is that always going to be a case? No. I've hired a lot of contractors that negatively impacted my business, gave me poor quality. I'm still untangling some of the issues that I've had with other contractors who put me on very bad spots with some of my clients. Um, And for that person, they at one point in time just stopped caring about the company and cared more about themselves. And the funny thing was, they had like this dream of being like this very powerful um, executive. And I, I gave them a role that was almost close to executive yeah, level. They could have grown. Yeah. And they could have grown through that, but they didn't. Yeah. They're just, they started caring more and more about themselves and how to do that. And at, at some point I just finally said, I'm done. Um, on the flip side of that, that person also harmed my business in a huge way. Um, uh, so we found out the money issue um, was combination of we had no oversight on who was actually paying what. We weren't managing our books correctly, and we ended up over being over budget. Uh, and when you don't have somebody in there actually watching that stuff like a hawk, you can't get ahead of it. And that's ultimately what helped happen there is we weren't paying attention. Therefore, we over budgeted ourselves, and we ended up losing more money than we had. Um, So when I messaged you guys, I had just laid off half of the company. I had um, lost pretty much all of my business except for one. And it was very hard. Uh, I was, again, like I said, I was super devastated, super ashamed and embarrassed and wanted to figure out what was the best way of going about it. So I took a break from the club to kind of recenter myself mm-hmm. uh, I, we stopped the death spiral but we're not out of the woods I can, tell, I can tell you that we're not out of the woods that same week that I started letting everybody go um, I got a chance to look into a lot of the sell stuff as well and I noticed none of the people were out there selling um, there weren't any meetings on their calendars like they said they were they didn't follow up on emails from other people that had been calling in for business and such uh, so there was like this work that was never done. Um, and that's what my business model survives off of. So the hustlers weren't out there hustling. <clears throat> so, and I wanted to share this a lot because I'm on the other side of the table now. Yeah. Right. I'm not I'm not the guy who's hoping to get hired. I'm the one that's hiring at this point. Um I'm running a company and it isn't so much that I expect everybody to be on the same page as me, but I do in, or I understand that in order for us to move forward in order for the company to grow, that there has to be a team that support it. Yeah. And a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of the times the teams that I thought I could, that would be supporting weren't always there. And my business partner tried very hard to kind of support in his way, but he wasn't always there either. Um, And similarly, like on my end, there's a lot of things that I did did bad, and I'm not saying I'm perfect in any sort of way. There's definitely instances in where, when I was managing a project, I didn't understand fully what the customer was asking, and therefore gave the wrong information to the team. Um, so inexperience, over budget, um, wrong employees, wrong contractors, a lot of that led to the death, almost the death of my company. Uh, something simple services, it's saved. We're okay. We're not out of the woods, but over since then, I've already locked in a new customer. Um, I have two clients, three clients now that are 
that'll get be enough to kind of float us for this month. But if something doesn't change, then you guys will be hearing a different story from me <laughs> the end of the year. Um, but yeah, we almost became a statistic of of um, startups, and most businesses fail within the first one to three years. First three years of business, um, so we're we're not out of the woods by any means, um, but we are doing better. I definitely appreciate your transparency with it, though, because a lot of people try to like pretend like everything's fine and like I don't know the like there's a in the corporate world you find a lot of dishonesty and like people people appreciate transparency and honesty, mm-hmm. right? And like having a story to. Mm-hmm. Narrative is important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the thing. Like the other reason why I took a two week break from the from the group, uh, two three week break from the group, was because mostly I was ashamed. A lot of it. Uh, I I wanted to keep it kind of as a dirty secret, but I know me, it's going to come out anyway. So <laughs> why why keep it? Instead, I wanted to share like what we could have done better. You know, actually had a better process for hiring the right people and I'm not talking about going and talking to recruiters and I swear do not call me up recruiters I will like block your number uh but the issues that we had is that we just we we had a lot of people that wanted to work with us but in that same process they just really wanted uh, we were just a a meal ticket really we weren't their long term um and for a lot of my contractors I'm okay with that like I get it I was never, I didn't micromanage. I only asked for like two things really from everybody that we worked with. Communicate with me. I just need to know where you're at on a project and hit deadlines. And that was it. I didn't care how you hit the deadline. I didn't care if you crunched to the last second as long as the work was good. But if we found out the work, like if you waited to the last second, gave me some really crappy stuff, you know, then I'm going to call you out on it. Um, but I try not to micromanage anybody because uh, I hate that sort of stuff. Um, well, and building a business takes a lot of work. Like, so there's there's got to be an understanding there. Like, mm-hmm. getting a business up off the ground and getting it to the point where it's a functioning machine. Like, there is going to be a lot of oh yeah a lot of elbow grease that goes into that, right? And to and, and to that fact, again, it's not a one man army. It is a it is a team of people that need to move forward all with the same common goal to yeah. build the business to its next level, right? And if you don't have everybody, especially in a company as small as mine, if you don't have everybody on the same page moving in the same direction, you're not going to go anywhere. You're yeah. going to flounder. And that was exactly what happened is we had only two, maybe four of us that were all moving in the same direction. The rest of everybody is like, hey, it's pay time. Come on. And it's not like I don't want to pay you. Yeah. <laughs> don't get me wrong. But if my clients don't pay me, I can't pay you. Yeah. And I didn't have anything left over. And a lot of people are like, well, you should take that into consideration and have money ready to go for those for those times. And it's like, I did. <laughs> but because it happens so much, yeah. that till, gone. Yeah. You know, <laughs> a little, little wave of the hand, that money was gone. It, because it happened too often. And those clients I would not work with anymore. I, yeah. I, I, in my first year of business, I have fired more clients and employees than I care to admit. You know, and that sounds terrible, but it was a lot of the things like we would do as much as we could and still we weren't good enough. And even if you were giving them your absolute best, and I, I say this for contractors, for freelancers, for anybody that has a, a client relationship, sometimes you're giving them the very best and they will be like singing your praise. But then you do one or two things wrong and that's all they'll remember are those, mm-hmm. are, is what goes wrong. Because as humans, we actually tend to focus a lot more on the negative than we do on the positive. And, and that's what we saw a lot of times with uh, with some of our customers is they got too caught up in just negative things that were happening that these positive things these things that were were ultimately more important were being kind of pushed off to the side because we failed to respond to an email within 24 hours which by the way is not pol- any policy that I have I tell everybody I'll get to you within 48 hours right because that's reasonable <laughs> um, so 
to sum it up, we, we had a whole lot of things happen. A lot of them are just like what happened to a lot of the people that I, that I, a lot of the industry, a lot of what's happened in the industry, you know, Talltel shutting down, uh, Wave Dash laying off 30, 30 people, a um, couple others laid off anywhere between 100 to 300 people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in in those sorts of things, which, which, if I sympathize with those companies, I really, yeah. I, I honestly do. Definitely to a point. Yeah, you can I don't know everything that happened. Um, I'm not going to say that they're right or wrong. I do sympathize with them, and I sympathize with their workforce and everything that was kind of released back into the wild. Is how I like to say it. They're released back into the wild. Um, I feel for them. For them. Where to go from there, I don't have those answers yet. I just now got my feet back underneath. Um, I'm more numb now than anything else. I, I'm still, I'm, and I was explaining this to Scott because Scott was telling me, the cool thing is like when you bring up and you're open about what's happened, people will come out and say, yeah, that happened to me too. Yeah. And so Scott was sharing with me some of the issues that he had with a business that he had started and said that, for him, it's like when you're a part of a business and you see it falling apart, it's hard. But you, when you're at the helm of a business that is falling apart, it's worse. And that's very much true. Yeah. Um, so he shared some, some of his things with me and how frustrating frustrating and hard it was for him when he was going through something like this. Um, so I don't have all the answers. But what I do know is everything that has happened has... Uh, I now have a game plan and I know signs to look for, for when or if my company ever goes through this again. And I'm preparing a better emergency plan, especially when you go into like the end of the year Uh, for businesses like mine that offer services. The end of the year is when people start holding on to their money more because they're spending it, either giving bonuses to the company or um, they're buying gifts for their family. They hold on to their money more, which that's fine. I do too, (laughs) you know, uh, so the end of the year is really hard for a lot of businesses like mine. Um, so I wanted to share that with everybody. Um, I, I don't. I don't know where else. Yeah. What else to say other than like you're surviving. Yeah, it's and been, I'm glad you're surviving. Thanks. It's been very tough. And for people here uh, at the club, it's for for this thing. It's one of the things that I look forward to most. It was definitely one of the things that kept me getting up in the morning and moving because I did get hit with a whole lot of depression. Uh, I, I went through like the sa- seven stage stages of grief like multiple times, <laughs> several several times. Um, and I felt like I was doing that for like months. Um, so thank you guys so much. This is both like an extended thank you shout outs um, because everybody that I've ever talked to or dealt with during this time have been super supportive, and I can't be more grateful. And it's also given me new. Um, it's the right way to say second wind yeah not second wind but new new like energy like i've been revived and i and i want to do more with the group with uh video vgocc and with our coffee uh and with the podcast i want to do more next year i want to take us to another level just Mm -hmm. as much as i want to take our business my business to another level um and this is more of my way of giving back to, because I don't have, I, I don't know how else to give back to people yeah. than other to create a space that you can come and be a part part of. Because uh, if I didn't have this while I was going through all of that, I guarantee you would not be talking to me right now. Um, that's very dark to say, but that is absolutely the truth. I've had. Yeah. I mean, it is like a family. Yeah, I've had depression for as long as I, I've known. And I've sometimes, I said this the other day, I've written, oh, this is really dark, but I've written more suicide letters than I care to admit. And some of them actually made them to pages, right? So these things, like coming to these events and, and being involved and people being there for me, it's like, this is the only way I can give back or that I know how to give back. Um, so don't let that be like, oh, whoa, Ray, you just got super serious. But it is, this is a very serious topic. Um, so, yes, thank you all so much. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with my business. Uh, we're, I'm working very hard, and there's a few other people that I have that are working very hard with me to take a, to like revive us and bring us back to where 
where we were were going because we mm-hmm. we had a bright future in April. Yeah, and then after that, just things kind of fell apart. So we want to get back to that. Um, and here, keep an eye. Um, like I said, we definitely want to do do more. And we've been talking about going nonprofit and uh, starting to put together new events. Like not so much a conference, but just like one off events here and there throughout the year. Yeah, movie nights, game nights. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and for those that can't make it out to any of these, I want to find a way to keep you guys involved. If it's something, doing something online, um, I would love to know. Tell me how, tell me how or what you think of, and maybe we can put our heads together and figure out how to make it a thing. Uh, I am very, very strict about this. I won't do things by myself anymore. Uh, I want to always have somebody there with me taking the next steps. Because when it's one person being the driving force, that person is stressed out all the time. Uh, but also, if they step away, that thing you're really hoping for just pitters yeah. out too. And it's good to have multiple perspectives, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, we all have have our unique vantage point And, I, like, I can't see what's happening behind me. But you can see what's happening behind <laughs> me. And I can see what's happening behind you. Yeah, yeah. And so the two of us should theoretically be able to see everything that's going on around us. Yeah, It's it's good to have a second set of eyes Mm -hmm. in anything you're working on. So, all right. Well, that wraps it up. Uh, Thank you guys so much for joining us on this beautiful Monday morning (laughs) Uh, here in Texas. Are you thinking about how we can combine uh, go-karts and laser tag? I'd I'd like to... (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I'd like to mix those up. (laughs) Oh, man. So, if you're looking to join us physically at one of our clubs you can hit us up on uh thursday or friday thursday is whole foods at runner rose off in plano and here at nirvana on friday both clubs start at 8 a.m or you can wait till last last uh last tuesday of every month for a beer club and we're looking at starting a third one a third group coffee clubs soon but we're probably going to start it next year because at the end of the year it's when attendance starts to drop off a lot So next year, we're looking at starting a third one down in downtown Dallas. If you would like to start a group, a group of your own in Fort Worth or somewhere else in the States, please let us know. We'd be more than happy to post your meetup information. We do a lot of our stuff on meetup.com, but we also post events up on Facebook as well. So let us know if you want to start a group where you're at and we can help kind of generate some interest in that. All right, guys, this has been Rebecca. Thank you so much for letting me talk about what's been happening with me, and I will see you next week. Bye.